Welcome to Spring of Life. My name is Mike Luzinski, and I serve as the lead pastor here. I'm so glad you're taking the time to grow in your faith through scripture, preaching, and the conversations on our podcast. Our sermon series on the Wesleyan Way of Salvation explores the three different forms of grace we receive from God, provenient, justifying, and sanctifying grace. Maybe you're thinking, I don't know what that means. Well, keep listening. We'll explain it. I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove from your body the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and make you follow my statutes and be careful to observe my ordinances. Then you shall live in the land that I gave to your ancestors, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. I will save you from all your uncleannesses, and I will summon the grain and make it abundant and lay no famine upon you. Famine upon you. I will make the fruit of the tree and the produce of the field abundant, so that you may never again suffer the disgrace of famine among the nations. Then you shall remember your evil ways and your dealings that were not good, and you shall loathe yourselves for your iniquities and your abominable deeds. It is not for your sake that I will act, says the Lord God. Let that be known to you. Be ashamed and dismayed for your ways, O house of Israel. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So today is the final week of our series, The Gospel in Disguise. And you might remember that the whole idea is for us to see the good news of Jesus, the stories of Jesus woven in to many of the movies and stories that we already know and love. And so we've been on a journey each week talking about the different forms of God's grace. We call that the Wesleyan, remember John Wesley was the founder of the Methodist movement, way of salvation. And it starts with provenient grace, which we talked about already, the grace that God gave you that led you into relationship, the first person who ever told you about Jesus, the people who nurtured you and cared for you, maybe in a time when you weren't even sure what was happening or going on. And we talked last week, uh, we also used the movie The Incredibles to illustrate that idea. Last week, we talked about Encanto, but it wasn't really about Encanto. It was about what's wrong being made right and stepping into relationship with God. And we explored that form of grace. And now this week, we're talking about the grace for the journey, the grace that changes us little by little, day by day, year after year. So I want to start with a question for all of us. Uh, raise your hand if you've ever encountered a Christian that didn't act like Jesus. <laughs> okay, and, and I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for you. It seems like most of us have. Uh, and when I experience that, there's something in me that actually gets a little bit frustrated or mad and saying, well, come on. We made a commitment to follow Jesus, so we have to act like him. And, and maybe if you're mad like me, then you can connect and say, we're, we're frustrated 
because we believe in sanctifying grace. To say it another way, uh, because we believe that God should be changing our lives, if we call ourselves a Christian, we should see the fruit of that change. We expect that that person will act in a way that is reflective of Jesus. And so that's sanctifying grace as we start this, uh, this conversation. So I want to define it. Sanctifying grace is the grace of God that changes you. And this is really broad because God changes us in a lot of different ways. Think of it as God loves us so much that God doesn't want us to stay stuck the way that we are. God wants us to continue to grow and change and evolve so that our lives more represent the love of Christ. Sanctifying grace can free us from being stuck and trapped in guilt or shame or fear. Sanctifying grace reorients our desires. It changes the things that we desire, not out of our own effort or own willpower, but because God is changing something in our heart through grace. And then it ultimately develops the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, and even more. And that is all a result of sanctifying grace. So, are the kids with us yet? No. Okay. We'll circle back to the question for them. (laughs) We'll keep going. So, the prophet Ezekiel, that's the scripture we read, and that was a pretty intense scripture today. Ezekiel had arguably the short straw of the pick of the prophets. He had a pretty hard job. Not only was he the one tasked with bearing the news that Jerusalem would be conquered by a foreign nation, he was also born at the wrong time and got to live through it with everyone else. I mean, oh my goodness, this book of Ezekiel tells the story of pain and brokenness and trauma of the people of Israel. But even in the midst of all that chaos, even in the midst of life not going the way the people of Israel wanted it to, the prophet Ezekiel speaks to us a word of hope. God will sprinkle you clean with water. And he has this good news for the people of Israel. Verse 26 and 27. I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart. (laughs) Preach, Ezekiel. And give you a tender, responsive heart. I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. Now, Ezekiel doesn't quite use this language, but he's talking about a heart transplant (laughs) that God would take out the callous, cold, stony heart that only cares about ourselves and transform that heart 
to become tender, compassionate, responsive. That sounds a lot to me like sanctifying grace. And the argument that the prophet Ezekiel makes is that if you allow God to change you, it will change your future. This is the pathway to redemption for the people. And God promises to restore them, to restore them to abundance of having more than enough food and safety. God promises to restore them, but then Ezekiel reminds them at the end, as if he's saying, don't let this go to your head. He says, but remember, says the sovereign Lord, I'm not doing this because you deserve it. Oh, my people, Israel, you should be utterly ashamed of all you have done. Whoa. Ezekiel maybe speaks it more harshly than I would, but the point is clear that ultimately grace is the centerpiece and the foundation and the forgiveness of grace is what allows the transformation to happen. God doesn't say, you blew it and leave us there forever. But God says, okay, you have an opportunity to grow, to change, to turn a tender, no, wrong way, to turn a stone heart into a tender heart of love and compassion. That's sanctifying grace. So I promised you that we'd talk about the movie Ice Age. You might be thinking, okay, Mike, when are we going to talk about Ice Age? Uh, Raise your hand if you've seen the movie Ice Age before. Okay, many of you have. For those of you who haven't, I want to kind of summarize it for you and give you the context. Ice Age came out in 2002, which if you're like me, I was shocked. What? 20 years ago? 21 years ago? Oh, my goodness. And it's the story of a migration. A grumpy mammoth named Manfred is left behind and runs into an enthusiastic ground sloth named Sid. And they find a human baby and try to return the baby to his herd. Along the way, they meet a saber-toothed tiger named Diego, who spends most of the movie trying to eat the mammoth (laughs) and set up the mammoth to be attacked by the saber-toothed tiger pack. Diego is successful in leading the mammoth and the sloth into an area where the rest of the saber-toothed tigers are waiting, and we'll watch the clip to see what happens next. Hmm. Now, I have to confess to you all that the when I watched this movie, I cried. And I asked myself, why am, I, why am I crying? This is a kid's movie. What is it about this movie? Why is it so powerful? And the more I sat with that question, the more it became clear why this movie is so powerful. It's because the saber-toothed tiger, Diego, 
shares some version of the gospel. He's been trying this whole movie to eat the mammoth. But then in the moment when the mammoth is attacked, he has this dramatic change of heart. You might remember that earlier in the movie, they were crossing a dangerous area. And Diego was on some ice that was cracking and falling into a lava pit. And Manny, the mammoth, saved him. And in that moment, something began to change in Diego's heart. Eating the mammoth was no longer what he desired most. Instead, he wanted to be a part of a herd. You might remember the line he said laying there, that's what you do in a herd. His desires were changed because of the grace he experienced. Sanctifying grace changes our actions, our desires, our priorities, ultimately our whole lives. And if we are serious about following Jesus, then we too should have God's grace change our priorities, our desires, each aspect of our lives. And the good news is that you're not alone on the journey. (laughs) We, the church, exist to walk alongside each other on our journey of sanctifying grace. And know that we're sanctified not by accident, but by practices of faith, by experiencing God, by falling in love with God, by being vulnerable in Christian community that shapes us and forms us, by serving and making the love of God known in tangible ways to people who might not care or might not want to know God. These are the practices of sanctifying grace. These are the practices of faith. So may God free us in the moments when we feel trapped. May God reorient our desires, changing us from wanting things for ourselves and for our own pleasure, but instead choosing to be generous and to serve and to give out of the blessings that God has given to us. And may that grace develop within us the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control, so that when people hear you or I say that I'm a Christian, they will see Christ in us. Let us pray. Holy God, you are making us new. Change our hearts and minds so that we may better reflect your grace and your love. Amen. If you have questions or want to talk further about this message, 
I'd love the chance to talk with you. Visit us online at springchurch.org connect or email me at pastormike at springchurch.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.